Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and this week, here we go again. I've been rebooted by you since I don't know when. (laughs) (laughs) Mamma mia, here I go again. Mama, how could I resist you? Have you heard of Sweden? Yes, yes, I have. Well, there's a band from Sweden called ABBA. Mm-hmm. They're composed of some names that I am about to mispronounce, probably. <laughs> Agneta Fjordskog, Björn Hoveas, Benny Andersson, and Annefrid Lingstad. And so their name is an acronym of the first letters of their names, arranged as a palindrome. Um, they got really popular because I believe it was, yeah, Waterloo, their song Waterloo, won the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, in 1974. Yep. And so they got really, really successful. And then they uh, pretty much went on a hiatus starting in 1982. So they only had, like, uh, about 10 years, which is longer than I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought they had only released, like, two albums. But no, they had, like, a pretty significant career. Mm-hmm. And after they retired and broke up, and I think I think they had a Fleetwood Mac going on with in- interconnected couples stuff. Um, yes. But after the band ended, at some point in the late 90s, uh, Bjorn and Benny, the guys, they got together and they wrote a jukebox musical featuring a bunch of ABBA songs called Mamma Mia. Went on Broadway, did really, really well, so it got a movie that starred Meryl Streep and uh, Amanda Seyfried, uh, Piers Brosnan, Colin Firth, Bill Skarsgård, a bunch of people. The movie yeah. did really well, too. So, ten years later, <laughs> they made a sequel to the movie called Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, with all of the cast from the first movie, as well as Lily James and a bunch of other young folk as younger versions of the old folks from the, the old first movie. Okay. And and the, the, mainly that movie was made because, because obviously the Broadway play never had a sequel. I yeah. think there's only ever been one sequel to a Broadway play, and we all know how that went. Oh, love never dies. <laughs> But no, apparently the main reason that the sequel was made was because a lot of people, like ABBA fans, as opposed to the stage musical fans, ABBA fans were disappointed that the original stage musical doesn't include songs like Waterloo or Fernando or uh, Thank You for the Music, stuff like that. And so they incorporated them more predominantly into the sequel film, as well as a bunch of other ABBA songs. Okay. And the sequel film didn't do as well financially as the first one, but it did do better uh, critically. And it did well enough that they could say, hey, what if we made a third film in the Mamma Mia cinematic universe? The MMCU, if you will. (laughs) And so they started working on it, and then the pandemic happened. So who knows when that's going to happen. But pretty much everyone is on board to do another one. Yay! And so I've decided, before they have the chance to start production on it, I'm going to start production on my own. (laughs) Yeah. So today, I am making uh, the third Mamma Mia movie. It's called Mamma Mia, I Could Never Let You Go. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. The reason I'm doing this that now is because ABBA released a new album last year in November. Cool. It's called Voyage. It's a decent album. There's a lot of ballads on there. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not bad ballads. It's just that I like I do like the more peppy ABBA stuff. Yeah. And a lot of the peppy ABBA stuff has been used already in the musicals. And that's the other thing is that I tried not to do too many reprises. Yeah. The the five songs that I chose to do reprise of in this film were also reprises in the second film. So it's like, okay, you get to you every movie gets to sing Dancing Queen. Every movie gets to sing Super Trooper. Yeah. 
Also, yeah, I spent last night listening to almost every ABBA song that has not been in the films. So I know a majority <laughs> of the ABBA songs now. And I can say pretty confidently, I think the best ABBA album is actually Voulez-Vous. Okay. So mark that down, gays. <laughs> Speaking of the gays, the gays love ABBA. Um, I have had the idea for this movie, this story, for a while because I was thinking, okay, so let me let me tell you the plots of the Mamma Mia's. Yes. Mamma Mia 1 is about a girl named Sophie, played by Amanda Seyfried, who lives on the Greek island of Kalikos with her mother Donna, and she has no idea who her dad is. Donna never mentioned him. All she says is that she was pregnant. She got pregnant when she was on the island. She stayed on the island, gave birth to Sophie, and raised her there. Mm-hmm. And so now Sophie is getting married to Skye, who's a British hot boy. We don't know what he does in the sequel. He's <laughs> away on business. We don't know what the business is. Quotation marks. Business! <laughs> Anyways, so in the first movie, Sophie, she finds her mom's old diary and she goes back to the point where she would have been conceived. And she finds yeah. out that Donna slept with three different men around that point. So any of them could be her possible father. So she sends a letter to each of them saying, hey, I'm Donna's daughter. And mm-hmm. she thinks it'd be rad if you came to the we- island for the wedding. <laughs> she does not say, by the way, you might be my dad. <laughs> her plan is I'm going to look into his eyes and I'll know. And so then all three of them arrive. They're played by Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth, and Bill Skarsgård. They show up, and Sophie looks at all of them, and her reaction is, oh no, I don't know which of you is my dad. (laughs) So yeah, she's like, Donna invited you! And then Donna shows up like, I didn't invite you, and now I'm having, like, (laughs) dramatic flashbacks to our tumultuous summer relationships. Oh boy. Which, I mean, I mean, in the second one we find out she only knew Harry for a day. It wasn't that tumultuous. Yeah. Uh, and antics happen, and at the end of the film, the guys realize that why Sophie brought them, and they're all, like, want to be her dad, but none of them ever compete with each other, and so at the end, they're like, we all will be your dad collectively, you have three dads now, and Sophie's like, that's great, I want my mom to walk me down the aisle, but also I want to travel the world first, so we're not getting married today. And so then Donna marries Sam, one of the dads played by Pierce Brosnan, because she's the one she truly loved. Uh, but we still have no idea who her dad is, although if yeah. you like genetics, then it's probably Sam, because he's the hot Scandinavian man. Ah, uh, yeah. And Sophie's very blonde, and Donna's also very blonde. <laughs> yeah, and as someone who is very blonde themselves, it's pretty recessive. <laughs> <laughs> and so then in the sequel, does. The sequel uh, is placed, like, five years after. It was released ten years after. It takes place five years after. But also, I'm pretty sure the first movie takes place in 1999. Okay. Because Sophie's 20 years old when she's getting married. But in the sequel, we take flashbacks to Donna's summer when she conceived Sophie. And they take class in 1979. So Mm. the sequel takes place in the far-off year of 2004. Yay. The future has happened. Wait, which, hey, is really great because we can set this movie whenever we want, this third one. Yes. But this, in the sequel, Donna has passed away, and Sophie has taken it upon herself to renovate the the little villa, the bed and breakfast Donna was running into a huge fancy hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's inviting a whole bunch of people for the grand opening, including her mom's friends, uh, Tanya, Tanya and Rosie, who were also in the first movie, but they didn't do much in the first I mean, they, they, they're very much the two funny friends who show up and like, Hello, we're funny old ladies. We're kind of horny. <laughs> but they make it work. Yes. And Sophie's like, I don't know how I can do this without my mom. And then we do flashbacks to Donna 
as a recent college graduate, she's like, I'm going to travel to the Greek island and I'm going to sleep with this boy I met in a French restaurant. And then I'm going to sleep with this boy who took me on a boat. And I'm going to sleep with Sam, who I knew for a week and he helped me tame a horse. We traversed the island for a week, just falling in love with each other. So th then I slept with him. Then I did somersaults through a vineyard wearing diaphanous clothing and got chased by a goat. Then I found out Sam was engaged and I cut him off. Okay. <laughs> kind of wild, but cool. And then in the present day, Sophie also finds out that she's pregnant and there's a storm that ruins the grand opening. But then it's fine because even though the, the rich guests couldn't show up, uh, Bill and Harry, who thought they couldn't make it, but they decide they need to because Sophie's their daughter. And then they end up bringing a bunch of fishermen with her. So they still get to have a party and music for the hotel. And it's more a celebration of just Donna's life instead of the grand reopening. Also a celebration of Sophie's pregnancy because she's pregnant now. She's pregnant with Sky, who also decided to come back for her. He chose her over business. Also, uh, Sophie's grandmother shows up and she's played by Cher, but she's wearing like a Lady Gaga wig. And I thought it was Lady Gaga until the trailer was like, and Cher! <laughs> I mean, Lady Gaga's final form will probably be the some sort of version of Cher, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, if they ever make a Cher biopic, she'll probably be played by Lady Gaga, or she might just be played by Cher. Because I don't know if Cher ages well, or she's gotten a lot of plastic surgery, but either way, she hasn't really aged. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you might notice that those are very, very bare-bones plots. Well, that's because most of the movies are taken up by Ava songs. Yes. And they don't always necessarily play into the plot. Sometimes it is just, it's time to sing an Ava song! Mm-hmm. We really needed to find a way to take That's the Name of the Game and hammer it into this scene. And then have one moment of dialogue and then immediately dovetail into Knowing Me, Knowing You. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, kind of the best way to do a musical. Yeah. And l listen, I, I am a, uh, what is it? A full honors graduate of the Glee School of the Cover Changes the Meeting. Mm-hmm. cum laude. Yes. You were valedictorian. And what is a jukebox musical, if not a longer episode of Glee? Yes. I do not understand why the Mamma Mia 2 needed to be two hours long until I composed my playlist of the Mamma Mia 3 songs mm -hmm. and realized this is an hour and a half long. Oh, we only have half an hour of non-singing <laughs> scenes. <laughs> yeah, songs might not be long, but oh boy, can they accumulate. Yeah, uh, especially this one I have ba -ba -da -ba -ba -ba, 24 songs. Pretty good. Which is slight, slightly more than the songs that were in the first movie. Yeah, I guess the second movie had... The second, the second movie only had, like, 17 songs, but also, like, a few brief reprises that weren't included in the soundtrack. It's like, Pierce Brosnan uh, sadly sings S.O.S. to Donna's portrait with no accompaniment, and it's real good because Pierce Brosnan can sing in this movie. Couldn't really sing in the first movie, where he did sing the entire song as a duet, and multiple other songs, too. Okay. <laughs> Mamma Mia is a wonderful place where everybody wants to sing. Not everyone necessarily can. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so. Sometimes you gotta dub over an actor. Yeah, ooh, the, the bygone days of singing voices. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so another thing you might notice in the first two movies is that we don't really know much about Sky other than he's the hot boy that Sophie's marrying and business. Yes. So my idea for the third movie for the longest time was Sky's family is going to show up on the island. We've never seen anyone from Sky's side of the family, so they're going to show up on the island 
with his younger brother. His younger brother's like, I'm withdrawn and uh, introspective. And why is that? Well, it's because he's gay. Because the, the gays love ABBA. Yes. And I was going to keep on that for a while. And then I started listening to the songs from Voyage. I'm like, wow. I'll, okay, pretty much all the songs from Voyage are about, like, our relationship sucks, but we make it work. Or our relationship sucks, and we should stop trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them take the form of, like, I have become the woman I was always meant to be. And if you can't deal with that, too bad. Oh. So naturally, I listened to that and I translated it into, Mom, Dad, I'm trans and I'm more powerful than both of you. <laughs> yes. So so Sky thinks he has a younger brother. Sorry. <laughs> Correction, Sky, you actually have a younger sister. Yes. But it's going to take you two hours and 24 ABBA songs to realize. <laughs> yes. Well, not 24. More like uh, 20 ABBA songs. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a boy is just dense. Yes. <laughs> um, so, let's let's get into... I did make the playlist. I sent you the playlist last night. Did you have a chance to listen to the playlist? Well. I'm taking the silence as a no. No. Unfortunately. Sorry. That's okay. You're going to have to listen to it after so that you can have some kind of context for these songs. Because these are, they're good songs, and I'm sure there's lots of people who like these songs. But a majority of these, I think the only, like, really well-known song that's not a reprise on my playlist is Under Attack. Okay. Um, but the first song is a reprise, I Have a Dream. It's going to start with Sophie and Sky's son, Donnie. He's staring out into the sea on the balcony. He's singing I Have a Dream. Just because he's a very romantic child, because he's been raised by two ABBA people. Um, and while this is happening, it's also going to t- cut to Sky's quote-unquote brother, whose birth name is going to be Dan. And will be referred to as Dan for by several people, because they do not know that Dan is not Dan. Yes. So, it's going to be those two singing like, I have a dream. Da, 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 da. Um, and then Sophie's like, oh, Donnie, what are you doing up? And Donnie's like, ah, the line's about me being a precocious child. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, this, I was just thinking about the story of you and dad and your dads and grandma. And Sophie's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of, like, wild relationship stuff, but a bunch of the family is coming to visit for this summer. And, you know, even though uh, our love may have an ups and downs, it still feels just like new. And so then they're all going to sing as good as new. As good as new. I love it too. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And that's going to be Sky and Sophie singing with Donnie dancing in the background. It's also going to have Bill and Rosie, who Bill is one of the dads and Rosie is one of Don's friends. And they get together at the end of the first movie. The second movie, they're breaking up, but they get back together again by the end of the second movie. Okay. It's also going to have Harry is another one of Sophie's dads. Harry is gay and he's played by Colin Firth, who is not okay. gay. But you know what? I, I trust his acting more than I trust his singing. Yeah. But I am going to force him to sing. <laughs> you have to sing at least a few bars, and we are giving you a husband. It's going to be the the the, the dock worker who the, like was criticizing everyone's passports in the second movie and is implied to have a crush on Harry. Aww. I mean, it's easy to have a crush on Colin Firth, so... The, the stinger in the second movie is Harry running off after Donna, and the dock worker is like, if she, t- if she rejects you, come find me instead! And then he starts singing Take a Chance on Me. <laughs> <laughs> and just keeps going. There's no accompaniment at all. And then finally the guy turns to the camera like, you guys can say cut whenever you want. <laughs> but yeah, so the, everyone sings as good as new and it's great and wonderful and everyone's having a great time. A whole bunch of the family and friends are coming uh, to the island just to spend the summer with the family. No reason. We just like each other. This is a family that likes each other. One of the morals of the Abba Mamma Mia movies is, hey, 
What if families liked each other? Yes. But then, uh-oh, here comes a family that doesn't like each other. Oh, it's no. it's the Sky the Sky family. <laughs> I don't know what Sky's last name is. Not important. Exactly. Um, but he he gets a letter delivered very very late from his parents saying, "Hey, we are coming to visit. We are bringing your brother." Uh, and the, uh, this letter arrived late. They're arriving today. Oh no! Sky has a whole panic attack uh, because he's never really talked about his family with Sophie. Uh, but mainly they are, they weren't really happy when Sky gave up a big job in New York to marry Sophie and live on the island and co-run a hotel. He's not even, like, the owner or manager of the hotel. He's just, like, the house husband, honestly. Yeah. So he sings under attack, because he's under attack. Yeah. And, and then Sophie and Donnie can do the backing vocals because, like, oh, d- dad's having a moment. <laughs> yes. But then the family shows up, and I've decided, I don't know who Sky's, uh, sibling, his sister is gonna be played by, uh, probably an unknown. Um, but I know that Sky's parents should be played by Emma Thompson and David Tennant. Yes. <laughs> who can sing! That is true. Also, who, what is Emma Thompson if not the British Meryl Streep? Yes. Emma Thompson this up. Uh, and then Sky and Dan, air quotes. Dan is always said with air quotes around it. Yeah. Uh, they're going to commiserate about how controlling their parents were like when they were young with the song Mama Said. I can't even remember how it goes, but my mama said, look at this, you should have done your bed. My mama said, that's a thing you should do instead. It's all about, like, uh, I feel like it's, it's a prison living with you. My, yeah, my mama said, I know you've been out with Fred. My mama said, don't you lie, your cheeks are blushing red. Ooh, I want to live my life, want to live my life. La la la, la 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 life. Okay. I was listening to a lot of ABBA. You can't expect you to remember every single melody. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. We're going to find out, but partly we're going to find out that they're arriving because, oh, we heard this line that was so wonderful and romantic and stuff, and the parents are going to try and repair their marriage because we're just two miserable fucks. <laughs> but also, uh, Sky, your brother has been acting really weird, like sneaking out at night and keeping secrets and doesn't let us go in his room. And Sky's like, well, he's 20 years old. You shouldn't be trying to get into his room. No, the point is, we need you to keep an eye on Dan. Keep an eye on Dan. Da, 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 da. This is one of the new songs. I'm pretty sure it's about like a, a mother telling her daughter-in-law to keep it, like keep an eye on her son because he, he he's an unruly child who is now married. But this, I feel, it makes more sense where it's like a mom talking to child A about child B, saying, "Hey, something's wrong with child B. Yeah. Get a grip on them. Help them get a grip." Yeah. Uh, but the, but then the second chorus is going to be. Dan, like, prepare, like, getting into girl mode, basically, like, putting on a wig and makeup and, like, the nice dress they brought because they're like, hey, listen, nobody knows who I am on this island. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, no, hang on. Just to turn over the order of operations, there is a point where, like, Dan is there and they're like, oh, Dan, you should get a summer job working at the restaurant at the hotel and you can meet new people and Dan will meet two other people that will basically act as her, Tanya, and Rosie. Yeah. For the movie. <laughs> cool um and also oh here's the other thing uh, uh the mama Mia movies are white as fuck yeah. so <laughs> introduce dan introduce sky's sister's friends so that there's like some people who aren't white mm-hmm. but also uh the love interest for sky's sister is going to be like bill's nephew or something who is this absolute himbo rock star Yes. So the second verse is uh, the sister getting all gussied up to go out and party because no one knows who she is on this island. Um, but yeah, keep, keep an eye on Dan. And she goes to the like the, the dance hall, the dance club, the dance floor, where 
The, also, I never named the himbo. He is just in my notes as himbo. <laughs> so himbo love interest band is playing. They're going to sing Watch Out because that's like an actual rock song. Like it starts with a fucking guitar rift and everything. And I was not expecting that out of ABBA. You're yeah. disco. Why are you shredding on guitar? But I like it. Ooh. <laughs> and then, okay, I don't know why I'm dancing around. The, 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 the name of Sky's sister that she has chosen is Nina because there's a song later that has the name Nina in it. It was going to be Helen, but I listened to it and I didn't like the song as much. Yeah. But yeah, so Nina goes to the, the place and she is immediately smitten by Himbo Love Interest Rockstar. Uh, and then she's like, wait, but like, this can never come of anything. Like, I rarely go beyond dancing with someone. Then she runs into the friends and the friends recognize her and they're like, oh my gosh, this is the real you. That's so great. You should go and you should tell this guy because you know what? If you get it out right in the open, listen, we have never heard anyone say a bad thing ever on this island because it's a fucking utopia where nothing bad ever happens. <laughs> Except occasionally cheating. But there's no phobias. Yeah. So y you should just be outright and tell him. He seems like a nice guy. I'm sure he was be he'd be fine if he found out you were trans. And if he, if he doesn't like it, then, you know, we'll just like, throw him into the sea. Yeah. Because I do, like, for reasons later, I don't want it to play into the trap trope. Obviously, yeah. the trap trope is a terrible trope. I want to, like, be very clear that Nina is upfront about it. There's no one who can say she's trying to trick him. Um, because there is a later song. There's a song off the new album called Just the Notion, which is like, I have this feeling that the person I have a crush on is nearby, but I just can't put my finger on it. And I thought it'd be funny if Himbo Love Interest is singing that while Nina is there, but in boy mode, because it's like during the day at the restaurant where she can't present as feminine. Yeah. And so she's like awkwardly trying to avoid his eyes, worried that he'll like clock her. And <laughs> and he's like, oh, I feel like she's nearby. And she's like ducking behind the counter and like holding menus and plates in front of her face. <laughs> But that's for later, because for now, she goes and she meets the guy and she's like, hi, I think you're cute. And he's like, I think you're cute, too, because he's Scandinavian. Mm -hmm. And they dance a bit and she sings the song called That's Me, uh, which is about I'm not the kind of girl you marry. That's me. Da, 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 da. And then she's like, listen, I need to be upfront with you about this. I was born a man. And he's going to go, so was I, because he's a himbo. And, she yeah. <laughs> and she's going to say, no, I'm trans. And he's like, that's that's OK. That's fine. He's like, really? You don't care? No, I don't care at all. Every word I say is an umlaut on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> he talks like the Swedish chef. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to do it to Mama and Mia. <laughs> He's the super trooper. <laughs> Apologies to everyone who listens in Sweden. <laughs> I'm sure the Danish and Norwegian listeners are just howling. <laughs> I hope so. If if you don't like us, make sure to send us a sturdy worthy letter. <laughs> Anyways, so they they do a big kiss and it's great. Uh, the next day, Nina is like waiting uh, at in the kitchen of the restaurant and she's like waiting for a call. Nothing's happening and she's like, "Oh come on, why isn't the guy calling me?" And the friend's like, "Oh, we should have known he was garbage. He may not be transphobic garbage. He's just normal. Doesn't call you back garbage. We hate him so much." And then they all sing Ring Ring together, which was like ABBA's first single. It's on like their first four albums. Oh, okay. Yeah. They were really pushing Ring Ring, and it's a good song. Yeah. Okay. It's probably one of the best songs off their first album. Some of the songs of that first album, oof. Circus music, I would call some of them. The, look, first album, so not everything's going to be great. <laughs> 70s and like not even quite disco at that point yet. Yeah. So Nina's distraught because she uh, didn't get a call from Himbo Love Interest. 
uh, and so she she can't really vent to Sky either. So instead, it just kind of it turns into a conversation about how she always looked up to Sky because the parents are the, they were the business family. Everyone has to go into business. Uh, and so they would move around a lot, but even when they were moving around, Sky was like the one constant in her life, and so that she always looked up to him, and that would dovetail into performance of Super Trooper, because Super Trooper has never really been about anything in the last two films. Like this is another reprise. Yeah. In the first film, it's just a song that Donna and Rosie and Tanya sing together because they used to be a singing group, yeah. and so it's like we're just singing this song to celebrate uh, Sophie, but it has no like implications. Like the song does about how like I have a very stressful life, but I see you and I feel calm about things now. Mm-hmm. Um, this the, in the second movie, it's the final number, and it's really really cute because it's basically like a curtain call number, mm-hmm. and the whole cast comes out in horribly gaudy disco outfits. I love it so much, <laughs> and they all sing it, but it has no bearing on the plot again. So at least this one has a bearing on the plot, yeah. and this is like the first olive branch that the two can start reconnecting as siblings again. Mm-hmm. And Sky's like, "I'm so glad you feel about me. I'm very flattered. Can you watch my child? I have to go deal with the thing." And so Nina and Donnie are awkwardly like, so you're my uncle? Uh, sh- sure. <laughs> well, my parents always tell me stories about stuff from there uh, when they were younger. What's some, do you have any stories about stuff? And Nina's like, well, I have a story about a woman in London who she doesn't look like much, but at night she likes to dress up all fancy and go entertain people. And she wishes that she could do it all the time. It's called Nina, pretty ballerina. Okay. Because that's why I named her Nina. Yep. Where's the lyric from it that's very specific? Nina, pretty ballerina, who would ever think she could be this way? This is the part that she likes to play. She would like to play it every day. Okay, yeah. Subtext. (laughs) Bordering on text. Yeah. And they do a little dance about stuff, and then this is when it would, like, uh, like after that song, Nina's, like, playing with Donnie as they go back to the restaurant to finish Nina's shift, and that's when Nina sees Himbo Love Interest, and then it goes into Just a Notion. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point around here, because some of the songs I wasn't sure about placement, but there is a song called Love Isn't Easy, But It Sure Is Hard Enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those many ABBA songs. It's an older one. It's one of the many songs about, hey, we love each other technically, but man, our relationship sure is fraught. Yeah. And this is going to be um, Sky's parents singing to each other and basically griping about their relationship struggles to Bill and Rosie. Mm-hmm. As Bill and Rosie are going to have a slightly larger role in this one. There you go. Yeah. Con- congratulations. Um, I'm thinking maybe this one could actually come after Nina Ballerina. I have a different spot in the playlist by making the executive decision because I'm the producer today. I'm moving it up earlier. <laughs> anyway, so then we do Just a Notion where Himbo Love Interest is like, I can sense, my Nina sense is tingling and Nina's like hiding behind a fern. No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. Eventually he does find her and he's like, oh, this is what you look like uh, when you're not presenting as a girl. You still look just as pretty. And Nina's like, wow, really? <laughs> And then there's a sex montage. Ooh. Not an explicit sex montage, but there is a song called Lovers Live a Little Longer. And it's basically about, hey, it starts out, I read in the newspaper article that people who fuck a lot can extend their lifespans. It's going to be like that one scene in Amelie that my French teacher tried to censor with, like, he taped a piece of, like, card of, like, paper to a yardstick and like threw it up <laughs> against the projectors so that we didn't see Amelie cal- calculate that at that moment in Paris, 15 people had an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs>
because French film was uh, too sexy for us fragile Anglos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically uh, a montage of Nina and Himbo Loventra sneaking out, and also Sophie and Skye just reaffirming how much they care about each other. And, you know, probably some of the other couples, too. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, lovers of a little longer, baby. You and me, we got a chance to live twice. Ain't that nice? <laughs> Um, and it's, it's very much just like, I included it because I really like the song. There were, there were only a few songs that I cut, or th- there are some songs I, I did just force in there because I like them. And there are only a few songs that I cut, even though I really like them. I just couldn't find a spot for them. Yeah. Um, one of them that is honestly still on the fence is I Can Be That Woman. It's very much, you could easily say this is a song about uh, a woman coming out as trans to the family, but there's a lot that goes into it because the lyrics are so specific. Okay. It's like, let, let me go find the lyrics actually for I can, I can Be That Woman. You're asleep on the couch with Tammy, and she looks straight up at me. The reproach in her eyes is imagined, but the pain that I feel is real. She jumps down and her tail is swishing, like a feather right under your nose. And then you wake up and you're bleary-eyed. I say I'm sorry, I can see you've cried. And then it goes on to be how, like, the person on the couch, you know, they swear and they startle the dog. And then the first the person singing is like, you're not the man you should have been. And I'm not the woman I could have been, but I can be that woman now. And so, like, on the one hand, oh, this is a great context. And this is kind of the song that tipped the, the scales for me in favor of this is a trans coming out narrative. Okay. But also, it requires a lot of stuff. It requires So it requires Nina to be coming out to someone at this point in the story. It requires that someone to be reacting poorly, which I don't really want to do. Yeah. And it requires a dog. <laughs> well, the dog's the easy part. Yeah, honestly, the dog is the easiest part of this. <laughs> like, the, the best I can think is um, Himbo Love Interest asks Nina why she hasn't come out to her family yet, and she just does an imagine spot of the worst possible outcome, mm-hmm. which is her parents, like, kicking her out. And so, like, then in the imagine spot, she can, like, go up to her dad who's sleeping on the couch with the dog. Maybe the dog is the Sky's family dog. It's like a frou-frou poodle, Vichon little shit. Yeah. Ankle biter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll put that in there as an imagine spot. It doesn't actually happen, but we can put it in there because it works for the narrative purposes. Yeah. Um, and while this is happening, Harry, Harry, remember Harry's gay. He has that queer radar going that the 75% of us have, but never when we need it most. Yep. Um, he, he figures out what's going on with Nina and he like very civilly like asks, he was like, I'm not going to tell anyone and you wouldn't have to tell me anything if I'm wrong or if you're not comfortable. I just want to let you know that if you need another person here who's gone through stuff, you can talk to me. And Nina's like, okay, like, yes, you're right. I'm trans. My name is Nina. But like, you seem fine. Like Harry's like, yeah, but it took me the better part of 40 years to be fine with that kind of stuff. Like... I was on the verge of coming out to my parents, and then I chickened out. And then there's going to be a flashback to an imagined spot. Yeah. We're going to get the actor who played young Harry in Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again. His name, I believe, is Hugh... something. Not Hugh Grant. Because that man is the same age as Colin Firth. <laughs> uh, Hugh Skinner. Thank you. Yes, Hugh Skinner, who, for a 37-year-old man, could still definitely play a high schooler. <laughs> yeah, he's just got one of those faces. Yes. Um, also, it's, okay, so Harry's 
Harry being gay or bi or whatever kind of queer is not like pointed out a lot in the films. In the second film, you don't find out until the end where Harry's like basically giving Donna his blessing to marry Sam. He's like, Donna, you're the first woman I ever loved and the only woman. And then he looks at like winks at a hot guy in the crowd and everyone's like, oh, (laughs) and then he dances with the hot guy at the end, but we never see the hot guy again. And then, yeah, there's kind of like one scene of flirting between him and the dock worker in the second movie, but also like Hugh Skinner, really is really trying to embody gay kid who is trying to overcompensate <laughs> with the the one woman he has met who's giving him the time of day. Yep. And so I want to bring Hugh Skinner back and give him another chance to sing because the only I mean I think most of them only get a chance to sing one or two songs, the flashback boys. But he only he got like the shortest end of the stick in the film. And so I want to give him another song. He's going to sing a song called So Long, which is a breakup song, but it's going to be a flashback and imagine spot where he sings it to his parents with like his declaration of queerness, he's gonna pull out a rainbow flag and light a picture of Thatcher on fire, probably. Yeah. Or wait, it was it was like seventy nine. Was Thatcher a thing yet? I think she was. Okay, yeah. So he can light a picture of Thatcher on fire. Um, <laughs> but then, but then the imagine spot ends, and young young Harry is gonna be like, actually, no, there's nothing got to tell you. I'm very heterosexual, and I'm going to go into business. And then it cuts back to the president, and it's like, and that's how I lived my life for forty years, and my parents passed away before I had a chance to tell them and I'm happy now but you know I wish I had done something to make myself happy about my my real my true inner self back then and so I'm not saying you have to come out but I'm saying it might be good for you if you came out to more than like four people yeah like Sky's a good person he's a good egg if he wasn't I would have thrown him into the sea Mm So, you know, you, I, I'm, I'm putting money on the fact that you can at least tell one family member and not have a blow up in your face. Yes. And so at that point, Nina does. And she goes to tell Sky, but she's like kind of like stumbling over words and stuff and doesn't understand. And I, was, I also was thinking that maybe like while she's preparing to tell Sky, Sky kind of stumbles in and sees her like still presenting femme or sees her with himbo love interest. And Sky's like, what's going on? And Himbo Love Interest, don't worry, I can explain. And like, why are you explaining? Uh, but he's gonna sing She's My Kind of Girl. Yeah. Uh, which is a song about how she's ki- my kind of girl. Uh, and then Sky will like, ah, I've connected two dots. And Sky will sing the second half of She's My Kind of Girl, which is like, yeah, you are a girl and you're my sister and I love you so much. I'm so proud of you for being able to uh, be you. Yay. And, and sister cries and is like, thank you so much. I love you, big bro. I love you, little sis. Ah! Um, we still have, like, ten songs left. Yes! <laughs> we have eight songs left. And two of them don't count, but still. This is turning into Oh, What a Lovely War, which is mostly songs and barely a plot. Yeah, but this is... We are reaching the point where this is the third act, and so Scott, and it's all, Sophie is also there, and Donnie's there. Donnie's like, I kind of figured it out when you sang a song about being a ballerina. <laughs> Uh, and Sophie's there, like, this is great, you know, women in this family, like, this, this place is so good for women in this family. <laughs> yes. Um, and they're like, so do you plan on telling parents? And Nina's like, I don't fucking know, have you met them? <laughs> um, and Himbo Lovent was like, what if we told them in song? <laughs> <laughs> um, and Nina's like, that's an idea, and then she's gonna sing Ode to Freedom, because if I ever write my Ode to Freedom, I love freedom, be- let's be free! Uh, it's another slow ballad, but it's a really, really good slow ballad. And Nina's like, I'm just, I'm going to retire to my room because I'm not sure what I should do. And so she's going to retire to her room and she's going to look out over the ocean. Maybe this is actually the spot where she sings Ode to Freedom. Um, but then the ghost of Meryl Streep will show up. Yay! <laughs> because, okay, so listen. So I mentioned how Do- Meryl Streep's character Donna died, is dead in the second one. Yeah. 
Predominantly, we only see her in the flashbacks played by Lily James, but right at the end of the film, when Sophie is baptizing her kid, we mm-hmm. see flashbacks of Donna baptizing Sophie, and then the older Donna, her spirit appears in the chapel, and only Sophie can see her, and so she hands the kid off to Skye, and has like a moment where she and Donna duet and sing My Love, My Life, and it's really, really fucking good. <laughs> And of course, Donna comes back for the end and uh, gets to sing and dance with everyone else and gets a really short but really, really good scene with Sam where they sing and dance together. And it's during the lyric, so I'll be there when you arrive. The sight of you will prove to me I'm still alive. And I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> so, yeah, the spirit of Donna will appear to Nina. Yeah. And Nina's like, hang on, you're the dead lady in all the pictures. And Donna's like, that's right. But every so often when someone on this island really, truly needs me, I appear to them to give them some encouragement. <laughs> And Nina's like, I don't know, like, we have this whole scheme where I'm going to perform, like, me and my friends are going to form a singing group and perform with Himbo Love Interest's band, and it's going to be, like, at a thing where my parents are there, and they will see me and realize this is who I am, and it's going to be great, but I don't actually know if it's going to be great or if they're going to react terribly. And Donna's like, listen, if this is what your heart is telling you to do, you should do it, and you just need to have the confidence to know that you will be able to survive no matter what happens. Whether your parents accept you or not is on them. But you have to have faith that you can accept you and all the other ones around you accept you. And if they can't accept you, then they are not truly important. Uh, And then they sing Dancing Queen. Yay! And and it's going to start with just Donna and Nina singing in Nina's room. And then we'll do kind of time lapse as it gets into Nina and her friends getting ready and going uh, over to the stage and Himbo Love and Trist and like Sky and Sophie giving her encouragement. And yeah, you can dance, you can jive having the time of your life. <laughs> but yeah, so then they get to the, the gala and they're going to sing Hole in Your Soul, which is another really good, very much a rock song by ABBA. It's okay. it's not quite as heavy as Watch Out, but it's still like very much a rock song because the lyrics go, you gotta have rock and roll to fill the hole in your soul. Nice. And it has a great bass line. So they're going to sing it, and the parent's like, this girl group is very interesting. Wait a second. Is that our son? No. Wait. Hang on. Wait. What the hell's going on? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, the David Tennant dad is going to be like, get down from here. You look ridiculous. And Mia's going to be like, no, I don't look ridiculous. I look amazing. And this is who I am. Uh, Himple Love Interest. Go into the next number right now. <laughs> and she's going to sing Don't Shut Me Down, um, which is another song off of Voyage. Also, O to Freedom was another song, was a song from Voyage as well. Okay. Uh, so, Don't Shut Me Down. I think Don't Shut Me Down was actually the first single released from the album. Okay. And it's a, it's a little slower at the start, and then it cuts into something much more poppy and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, the original song is about running into your ex, and your ex is like, I didn't realize you became this amazing woman. And the singer's like, I sure am an amazing woman. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> the, the main lyric is, when I left, I felt I've had enough, but in the shape and form I appear now, I have learned to cope, and love and hope is why I am here now. Nice. Uh, and, like, the girls and Himbo Love Interest and Sky and Sophie join in, and the parents are like, well, we don't know how to deal with this, we need to recuse ourselves, and Nina takes that the worst way, so she runs off into the night, and everyone's like, no, Nina, come back, a storm's coming! <laughs> The parents are like, have we failed our son? No, we failed our daughter because we didn't make an environment where she was comfortable being herself. Also, we probably failed Sky, also, we probably failed Sky too. But more importantly, we, we, we did a big screw up and now we have got to go fix this if it's not too late. Yeah. And so there, this is going to go into, I still have faith in you. 
And it's going to start with, like, Himbo Love Interest finding Nina in the storm, and they're going to sing it to each other. And then meanwhile, the parents are singing it to each other as they run back to, like, try and find Nina. And then they do find Nina and Himbo Love Interest, and they all, like, reconcile while they're all singing I Still Have Faith in You. Um, and, the, like, because there's a big lyric, and it's like, We do have it in us! Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's a very triumphant song, and so yeah. obviously that has to be one of the climax songs. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, everyone's together and apologies are had and the the Sky's parents promise to do better and they like officially are welcomed into the family because like, dang, y'all missed... Oh, I guess we don't know if they missed the wedding because the ne- wedding never happened on screen between Sky and Sophie. Yeah. But they certainly weren't at the first iteration of the wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, but everyone's happy and reconciled now. Um, Nina looks into the distance and sings uh, a few bars of Thank You for the Music, and Donna appears in the sky like Mufasa and does like a knowing nod. <laughs> and then everybody sings No Doubt About It, which goes, I made a mess this time and there's no doubt about it. Hands down, the fault is mine and I'm prepared to shout it out across the rooftops if it makes you happy. Oh, yes, I could. So, hey, I take the blame. This one's got my name and there's no doubt about it. Um, and then, of course, it, it's, it's very fitting poetically that near the end of No Doubt About It, there's a refrain in the background going, this isn't where it ends, but this is where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> where the film ends. But it's not where the film ends, too, also, actually, because then, then we get the curtain call number. Which is the one, the one song that way they, the one reprise they haven't done yet that you know they had to sing because it's the title of the film. Yep. Everyone gets together in gaudy, ugly ass, beautiful disco outfits and they all sing Mamma Mia. Yes. <laughs> also, Cher will come back too, probably. We, she should, I guess. Yeah. And that's the film. We Mamma de Mia. Yay. I have <laughs> never Mama actually Mia. seen a Mamma Mia and I might you've, now. You've never Mamma de Mia? Nope. You should have mama to me. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the plot. Uh, Lindsay, I'm going to tell you that you don't have anything to add because you don't know much about the first two films. Also, you're still dying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dying. I'm fighting. <laughs> this has been the podcast equivalent of a video essay. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been friendship promoted by you since I don't know when. Hello, good morning, hi everyone. My name is Nicholas Haskins and I host a weekly podcast called Nikolai's Kitchen, which is all about my personal journey inside the kitchen and out. Each week I explore my passion for food and share some positivity and I break down a featured recipe for you to make at home. It's a show all about the ups and downs of cooking, baking, and living. I'm not a chef, I'm just a guy who loves cooking from scratch and trying to make a difference in the world. Tune in every Monday for a brand new episode on a podcatcher near you. Just remember, never stop believing in yourself. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet, or should I? <laughs> um, I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476, and that's where you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at sparkyupstart, and on Instagram at sparkyyoungupstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at niiryfpod. Those are the letters for not if I reboot you first, and they're pronounced super-pa, super-pa. 
You can also email us at notafirebootyoufirst, where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite ABBA album. ABBA album, if you will. That's also where you can send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast, your YouTube, or even your DeviantArt. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can talk more about this show or others on the network via our Corner Podcast Discord. Our cover art, as always, is by Alex, and her work can be found on ptchew.com, and our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, whose contact info is available upon request. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 4 territory, the traditional lands of the Cree, Salto, and Assiniboine, and homeland of the Métis. Alright, so next week we are having a guest, um... To give a little bit of a guestpert to us, so we know a few things this time around. <laughs> um, but next week, we're going to test our might. Okay, then. Hopefully, it won't be dying. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you'll die in a different way. You'll have a different kind of fatality. <laughs> um, but we'll get over here next week, not if we recruit you first. Bye. Bye. <laughs>